kind of how we feel about being born. Um, I didn't ask for this. Yeah. You know, all of that. Like how we feel, whether we feel safe in the world um, or taken care of. There is a man who's suing his I was parents. Just say that. I Have saw that. Idea. I, I relate born. to that. I love this lawsuit. I think it's. Welcome to Hey You Know It. My name is Jaquetta Sotmar, and I'm here with my co-host, Katie Kazmier. Hey You Know It is a podcast that tells you how it is or how it should be. You can listen to Hey You Know It on iTunes, a new episode every Monday. And here they are, Jaquetta and Katie. Uh, but it, so, anyway, anyway. <laughs> so we're very excited to finally have back in the studio Marcy Curry, our resident intuitive. Yay! Yes, yes, Marcy is our resident intuitive. She's been on many times, and we're always so happy to see her here in the studio. I'm always happy to be here, yeah. genuinely. And like, <laughs> you know, sometimes you say, like, I'm happy to be here, and you're like, mm, I don't care. You say it kind of with a grimace. Yeah, you know, I don't. But it's, no, I really am happy to be here. <laughs> I am happy good, good. that you are wearing a Bob Ross t-shirt. Well, let's see what it is. Isn't it magical? It's Bob Ross, and but he's painting the universe. He's creating oh, I just a happy saw that. little universe. Oh, I won this at trivia at Omega. Wow, that's he, really something. Did he do universe paintings? No, no. okay, I didn't did, think so. No, but, but now th- he does. This is like <laughs> now he does. I grew up watching Bob. I think we all did. Yeah. Up, but I always was like, he's speaking some deep truth. Yeah. And when I need like a break from tarot cards or like kind of random like standard oracles. I'll turn on a, a YouTube video of Bob Ross and see what he has to say. And, like, I use that as an oracle a lot. He's really? very popular yeah. on um, on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, I was watching a, sh- a show that out of Mexico, and they were talking about how much they loved ro- watching Bob Ross. And I had never thought about the fact that we saw it on public television, but obviously it was being transmitted. Like, other people were buying it and yeah. showing it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. like, a lot of Mexicans grew up watching Bob Ross. That's awesome. awesome. So, what's new? You said you got a lot of stuff going on. Well... Okay, so let's, again, I was saying at the beginning, we need a little disclaimer. I'm on four hours of sleep. Okay. It's okay. Mercury retrograde. Yes. My lips are very chapped. Do oh. you have lip stuff? No, but sometimes, most of it makes them worse. Okay. But if, anyway, I'll be all right. All right. Um, but anyway, that's where we're starting from. Um, what do I, I am opening my own office for the first time ever. I've never had, what? like, my own office and workshop space. So you were always renting before or I would doing like, a share? A lot, or, or not even. No. No, not even that. I would, like, at Omega, I work for them. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm their employee. So you had a space there. I have. Well, it's not even my space. I show up and this is the room I'm working in for today that oh. I'm, you know, sharing or someone else is in at another time. And it, they set it up and they're like, this is what your room looks like. Have fun. Mm-hmm. And then I've done a lot of workshops, like, traveling but that's more like being a guest at someone else's place. Yes. Mm-hmm. This is my own little office space. Oh, um, brick and mortar. Yeah, yeah, it, that's what it is. It's a brick and mortar. That's cool. Um, I mean, right now it's a dirty carpet. <laughs> that's all right. That's all right. That, yeah. You know what? It's, it, it'll happen like in different waves. Well, it's, will... it came about really interesting. So I live with my son who's 20. We are great. We get along great. 99.9% of the time, like, we, we've just, we've been together for 20 years, you mm-hmm. know, like, we know how to do this, and he's extremely accommodating, we're both artists, he makes music, I make art. I was saying, you guys both have home studio, right? Yeah, and so, and it's actually really awesome, because most of the time, like, sometimes he'll, um, like, overhear something I'm saying in a reading, and be like, oh, I heard what you were saying, and I thought about it, and da-da-da, like, that happens, 
And then a lot of times, like if I'm drawing, I'm still working on my tarot deck. Mm-hmm. The, this the mystical winter, frog. Yeah, this winter. Mystical frog tarot is. I've made winter <laughs> 2019 people. Mystical I've made, frog tarot. Spring. We'll say spring because we, we have a couple weeks. Okay. <laughs> but um, yeah, I've been making like significant headway. But what's great is we we keep slightly similar hours, and then also. Um, most of the time, like, it's, we, you know, he'll say, listen to this new beat I made, or I'll be like, oh, I found, like, the solution to this problem I had, and we do it where, it's a, like we live in an artist collective, kind of, mm-hmm. our own little familial artist collective. But we had this one day, and I can't remember what happened, but I was ready to murder him. And I think he was ready to murder me. Like, we just kind Not of... when you're living in close quarters. The space suddenly became way too small, like, all at once. And so I was like, I left the apartment... To go vent about him, because <laughs> I just I can't do it in the apartment. No, oh, yeah, he's small. there, right? <laughs> but I left, and I was like, you know, I'm up, I'm crying. I'm like, I just can't do this anymore. Like, just mm-hmm. had reached like a breaking point. I'm talking to my friend, and he's like, you know, you just need your own little space. It doesn't even have to be fancy. It doesn't even have to be publicly accessible. You just need a place where you can put your stuff and go down and like go, you know, be able to just do readings. And, you know, be on your own and kind of just get a break when you need it. Yeah. As he's saying that, my eyes drift over to the commercial space below my apartment that has a for rent sign in the window. Oh, nice. No and so I was like, well, I guess I... So at the very least, I was like, okay, this is a sign. And I mean, I'm not like a this is a sign kind of person, mm-hmm. but I also am... Well, I lost you. It literally a was a sign that said oh, very, rent, yes. right? <laughs> and it was like, you know, so okay, it worked. Like, like options exist. Possibilities yeah. are out there. So and it's convenient. Mm-hmm. I thought about it, and I was like, all right, I'll ask my landlord. And I was like, if it's this much for rent, like, I can probably swing it. That was the exact rent. Okay. So, um. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it was just like, the whole thing has just been amazing. They, the landlord said, oh, hey, you know, we're happy to rent it to you, but you need to deal with the town yourself. Like, you need the to get the zoning and all of that. So, first of all, Town Hall is across the street from my house. Okay. The universe has always hooked me up. Like, the universe knows I don't want to go anywhere. And it's like, let me make this as easy as so possible easy for you. Let yeah. me let me just say, I am shocked because I'd always pictured, like, home of Marcy as, like, in the woods. That's where it belongs. Like, a bungalow yeah. with some land around mm-hmm. it. And now that I'm realizing there's, it's like an apartment situation, there's a street, there's things across the street. Yeah. My mental picture is just really... Yeah, I live, <laughs> I live above a dance studio. Okay. Um... And actually, the dance studio moved, thank goodness, because, number one, they freed up the space for me, mm-hmm. um, but also Christmas recitals. Oh, it's that kind of dance studio. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so you yeah. have this, this space. No, I don't mean... No, I'm just like... <laughs> anyway, I can't wait. So, zoning was amazing. <laughs> yeah, zoning, yeah. I called them, and they're like, oh, well, we only have, like, we have a, a monthly meeting, and you have to go, and it's a $200 fee, and you have to do this, and you have to do that. But, you know, we're meeting tonight, and you probably just pop on over. Small town? Yeah. yeah. Just like... Zoop. And then, um, it's an interesting scenario. I had kind of a, like, check your privilege moment the other day when I was talking to one of my friends who's gay. Because, basically, this is me coming out in a certain way. Um, I did not mention that my that I'm renting this commercial space mm-hmm. to be a tarot reader. Because I felt... Do you have to? No. Okay. I don't... Th- I mean, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I... But it felt like I shouldn't. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it felt like I was likely to encounter more red tape. And right, more questions yeah, because know. of prejudices she's, against what yeah. you do. Yeah. And that's, I've never, like, I've never personally experienced that moment. The one where you're like, do I say this or do I not? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I've done, like, I've had with my son because he's black, like, where it's like, 
I'll kind of give people a heads up, like, I'm white, he's black. I like, tell Greg to do that. I'm like, did you mention that I was black before you said I'm bringing my yeah. wife? Yeah. Because I don't want people to have that like, awkward Who's moment. that lady? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> There's a lady here. Yeah. Like, we don't know who she is. And they ask, is your wife here? It's like, hey, it's me. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, but I, So I've never, like, had that for me, and I didn't even realize. I was like, oh, yeah, that's what's going on. Like, I'm coming out in a certain way. Like, I'm sharing something... Where, like, I'm super, like, if you Google me, yeah, you know, I'm, I've never felt like I'm hiding what I do mm-hmm. or anything like that. Um, and I've never, like, if you meet me, it's one of the first things I say. Like, I don't feel um, ashamed or embarrassed or anything. But it did feel as though if I said, oh, I plan to just do witch stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to have, like, a coven, maybe. <laughs> coven, there's going to be some rituals. Yeah, casting yeah. a circle, uncasting it, you yeah. know. Yeah, just basic stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, herb garden. And I think even saying that, like, I thought about, like, oh, I'm going to do, like, herb, like, any of that felt like counseling. I do counseling. That's what I did. I said <laughs> I'm an artist and I'm a consultant. That's yeah. perfect. Yeah. And it is true, but it was just the, the realization that I wasn't being fully 100% frank. Mm-hmm. And that there is going to be an element of surprise when I open up. That's all right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, That's all right because you know you you are an intuitive a counselor, yeah. and these are the tools in your toolbox. You use the deck. Mm-hmm. You use yeah whatever. What else do you use? What else do you plan on using in your studio? Well, the big thing that I'm excited about is I can do my chakra drawings in person now. Oh, because okay. um, I I just haven't been. I only do them at Omega because it's the only place I see people face to face. Is a storefront? Huh? Is it a storefront? There's yeah, there's oh, like cool. and it, it can't be called the storefront, so no. Okay. But it 100% it actually <laughs> You know what I mean? It's facing it, the public. It faces the, there's the a road. window. Yeah. There's a giant beautiful window, which now I realize just gives me panic attacks cuz I'm like everybody can see what I'm doing. Put up a curtain. I have I did. Yeah. I've never realized how like actually private and secretive I prefer to be. Like yeah. it was, it's been a really it's been interesting. It's been extremely triggering like I'll just have moments when I'm like I hate it I'm not doing it like just panic will kind of and you know the thing is that it was a dance studio so the floors are built in a way that you can do yoga you can do different things unfortunately it was I think before it was a dance it was a dance studio front room like office so it was carpeted Mm. and I think before that it it was like an oil company so it just had I washed the I I Rented like a steam cleaner mm-hmm. and used it twice. Good lord! Both times, black sludge, just in the whole carpet. So it was nasty. Um, it it has the look it had. I've been working on it, but when you walk in, there's um like a counter along the back wall and then kind of a pegboard and like a stuff that you'd sell wall behind the counter. Mm-hmm. So it looks like an auto parts store kind of. Yeah, that's <laughs> like it's cool. got like that vibe. So I'm yeah. figuring out um. The layout and, and all of that stuff. And, you know, I think this is funny. All of, I, I'm doing it all by myself because all of my friends just went to an 18-day festival in Panama. So, okay. like, like, all my hippie friends are just are gone. gone, just like, like, in other... They're like, it's on you, lady. In South America. Yeah. What was the festival? It's called Tribal Gathering. Okay. I think um, I've heard of it. Did you hear about that. it? Yeah. It's a, it was a lot of... That's a long time for a mm. festival. Mm. I've never been to a festival. Have you? No. Have you been to a festival? I've been to, like... I've been to a couple festivals, okay. but it's, I'm not, like, a festy I'm not person. a festival person. I'm not a parade person. Yeah. Nor an arts and crafts fair There person. was a minute when... <laughs> she draws the line. Yeah. Not even arts and crafts. Yeah. No. No, thank you. There's a sheep and wool festival at... 
up at the fairgrounds. In that, the sounds, Hudson Valley. that sounds amazing. Okay. That? I that love, sounds okay. I love sheep. I just want to hug them. What I love about the Sheep and Wool Festival, and then we'll get back to relevant topics, okay. is it as a like an event curator, you know, I've done a lot of event production and that sort of thing. It's such a perfectly orchestrated event because it's called Sheep and Wool. And you have everything <laughs> from the sheep to they have like little demonstrations of how they make the wool and the yarn uh-huh. to how you knit and crochet to the sale of final products, including, like, things that you can use to, like, comb your sheep. Oh, that's awesome. Get out. That's awesome. You should come. It's I really like it. It's kind of I like from go. seed to sale. Yeah. Maybe you guys could do, like, an on-the-road podcast. Yeah. Sheep and Wolf. <laughs> come to the Sheep and Wolf <laughs> Festival. It's in the fall. So I feel like time. they would be confused by that. They're like, some podcaster showed up and just set up a tent and started <laughs> yeah, talking to people. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, so uh, tribal gathering, they're away. They're um, spent, basically. They, they were, um, I think it was a, a lot of psychedelic drugs, like DMT. Like, there were a lot of ceremonies. Mm-hmm. Um, but apparently, Panama's been cracking down on the use of DMT. Okay. What is DMT? Um, like, it's the thing that's in ayahuasca. Ayahuasca. It, What's ayahuasca? <laughs> so, I, ayahuasca is, I think it's a... Have it's you ever an, done ayahuasca? No, it's analogous to, like, peyote. Okay. So, you use it for ceremonies, for an awakening. It's not a recreational drug. Except white people have been Yeah, except for a lot of Westerners it. have been using it this way. But they have shown, there are some studies that show that it helps people with things like post-traumatic stress. Drug addiction. Disorder. It helps people with drug addiction. It helps people to... To get over traumas and to move past things. Okay. But it's not something that, from what I understand, you should be doing without supervision. Right. Um, and it's and without, just a recreational Friday you, night. You should not be doing it every Friday. No. Yeah. Because okay. it also makes you purge, so you'll, yeah. like, shit your pants and throw up and stuff. But it was oh. used by shaman yeah. traditionally. Like a, Do, does everybody shit their pants and throw up? Pretty much. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Not only do you release emotionally, but physically. Everything. <laughs> <laughs> That's a... So like oh, yeah, I'm waiting for my bowl. friends. To, yeah. I don't okay. know if anybody's coming back because I mean it's. Um, and it wasn't illegal for a long time because it was being used by indigenous people mm-hmm. in a ceremonial way. But right. now it's becoming more popular, and so you yeah, know the authorities more. are getting <laughs> yeah. into it. So yeah, so I just talked to them. They just got done. Um, but I, we were speaking of festivals. Like early on in my career, I thought that what I wanted to do was be like a kind of traveling like gypsy style, going to festivals, and that that was what I would do. And then I realized, like, wait, I don't do drugs. I don't really like people. And I don't want to be homeless. You like to camp? And I don't like camp. I mean, yeah. I don't really enjoy camping. So I was like, so, oh, this is not the festival. Is not like, it seemed <laughs> yeah. cool. It yeah. seemed like a cool idea. And I'd been to a couple of like, different pagan festivals and did have a really amazing time. That sounds like fun, a pagan festival. I, yeah, I'd go to that. You guys yeah. want to go? Yes. I'll, I'll go to a pagan festival. Let's go in I have never had a problem with pagans. Yeah, I'll go. I'm um, done in Connecticut. with the So the one I've been to that I know of. Are there a lot of pagans in Connecticut? Um, I think there's a lot of pagans everywhere. Okay. They come out of the woodwork. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll definitely go. Yeah. Yeah, I'll keep you posted on it. It's... I like, I mean, it's, it's fun. I'm not a super, like, into religion of any kind. Me either. Or, or, you know, any of that, but, um. I like to camp, though. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, I No, I don't want to camp. I know. Can Kate, I just Katie go to just the gave festival? me a look. I, I love camping. for one day. Come for one day. <laughs> a, is there a hotel nearby that I can oh, Probably. Connecticut. Yeah. Connecticut. Connecticut. There's yeah. a hotel. So your space, getting back to your space. Yeah, so it's called the Lily Pad. Okay. Oh, I love That's it. cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you have your um, signage and stuff up? Are you still I'm working still on working that? I'm still working on it. Um, I'm like, I'm at the place of learning how to do the thing I want to do in Adobe Illustrator. Okay. To like make, because I can see it. 
and then it, the, there's just that sort of frustrating, okay. like, how yeah. do you get it from this to that? Nah. Um, so if anybody wants to help me. Adobe can be, you can, there's a lot of things you can do with those programs, but it's like you said, you have, you have an idea of what you want, and then sometimes the way yeah. that they want you to do it doesn't it's really. Like, how can I? Even, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm working on that. And the big thing I'm working on now is just, I think, super clarifying the intent. Like, what am I doing? That's what, I, what I'm so interested in and what kind of things you're offering. So right. your let's imagine the space is all done. Mm -hmm. and your, The your, lily pad, the is, lily hooked pad is hooked up exactly the way you want it. And your clients walk in. What can you offer them? Number one, I want it to be a place where I can meet with people individually and do one-on-one -on -one readings. Okay. Number two, I want it to be a place where I can teach classes and workshops or have other people come in and teach classes and workshops. Okay. Then, so those are sort of like, this needs to be that if I'm if it's going to work. Okay, right? so you need like a, a smaller <clears throat> space and a little bit of a larger space within that space. Yeah. Are right. you considering also having fostering any kind of community there? Well, that was the other piece. So, so my other a dream I've always had is just to have a place where I can have free tea and coffee that people could pop in and just come chill out. Um, there was a used there is a used bookstore in Connecticut called the Book Barn that was like life changing for me. It's where I actually found. All of my first, like, metaphysical books and, you know, all of that, like, and, and tarot decks. That's, that's one of the earliest tarot decks I got was the book one. And it's a fully, like, used book type of place. Um, run on a shoestring, totally. Like, it kind of looks like it's Harry Potter magic together. Mm -hmm. Like, it's... Yeah. Um, there used to be so many stores like that yeah, in the U.S. It's and now so there's cool. so few of them. If you ever get to Niantic, Connecticut, it's, it's so awesome. Um, but it, they have, you can always go in and know that you can get free coffee, tea, cheese, nips, or Oreo cookies. Like they're, and it's stocked all the time. And there's no like. That's a nice menu. Yeah. <laughs> right? Sweet and savory. Yeah. And, something like and there's yeah. no limit. Like there's, you know what I mean? Like there's no, um, oh, you have to pay this much. And they, there's a donation cup out, but it's, it's just like. Yeah. It's, and it's sweet. So that's like one thing I want to have. I was thinking about. Moving my big, I have a bookcase with probably a couple hundred different tarot books and tarot decks and um, just all of mm -hmm. the stuff I've used over the years. Um, and I was thinking about creating kind of a lending library, or maybe not a lending library, but like a... Browsing. A, yeah. yeah, come come in. Leave one take, one in the situation. Or right? like have a seat on this couch and read for a while. Eat a cheese nib. Yeah. Read a book. Yeah. Um, so th that's a little bit ancillary. Like if, I mean, who knows if that would even work. But that's... Part. And talking about it helps because it's like, yeah, priority is table chairs to do readings at. Mm -hmm. Second priority is workshop space. Mm -hmm. um, in this journey, I've discovered that I own no less than six folding tables. Wow. <laughs> One of the things that you like end up collecting as a professional reader is a table. Is, yeah. folding yeah. Tables. Think about that. That's it's hilarious. Tools of the trade. Yeah. You know? So I think that's really funny. I've got, uh, I think there's one in my car, so maybe seven. I wanted to ask you so you've been teaching classes at Omega for some time. Are you considering offering similar classes? Or are you developing something of your own that you want I to teach through your space? I have my own curriculum. Um, so one of the things that this winter has also been about is getting that curriculum up online so mm -hmm. that people, like, just. I have a lot, of, a lot going on, and I was realizing, like, this is not accessible. Yeah. Like, it's in here, and I've got it, but I'm not really offering it. And um, when I see people, like, if there's a new yoga studio and they're looking for teachers, I'll send my curriculum out and be like, hey, you know, these are the things that I offer. Um, but I have, so I've got tarot classes, of course. Um, my method is called the Tarot Within, mm -hmm. and it's a method for learning tarot that isn't studious or, like, 
outside to inside type learning. There is some of that because you're learning something, but it's more how to take what you're learning about the tarot and match it up with what's going on inside. So it's also an intuitive development process. Mm-hmm. And it's a way of learning tarot that um, instead of trying to like, oh, let me try to remember what this card means. It's a way of learning how to feel into like, oh, this is what's going on in this card. Mm-hmm. And that's, you can feel the difference. Um, I always describe it as the difference between like saber and conocer in Spanish to, to like to know about versus to know intimately. Okay. Like, or like if you've been to a place versus like lived or are from that place. You have an intimate connection with it. Um, so anyway, that the tarot within is one of them. I want to start a tarot meetup, I think. Like a monthly oh. kind of, because I started. Which is the community aspect of it. Right? Yeah, exactly. Um, and I do feel like, I think that's the place that's giving me the panic, is I do feel like if I set this up, it really does, will become kind of a hub mm-hmm. for the, like, I would be the kind of land of misfit toys. <laughs> like, yeah. like, that's probably... But that's, that's the exciting part of that, it. Yeah. You, you never know what's, what's going to happen because yeah. from that. for yeah. a meetup, you could have people like yourself who are professionals, but then you could have the person who's been, like, at home, mm-hmm. messing around with it, is really into it, is maybe competent, but has never had anyone else to connect with. Yeah. And they could come to your space and find and community. Some of my best memories, when I was first learning tarot, my teacher, Christiana Godet, had something called Tarot Circle. Um, and it was a monthly meeting... And it was just, like, a bunch of, all ladies, I think, for the most part. And all different ages, all different lifestyles, all different things, all coming together and just having, like, learning tarot and having fun. We became friends. Um, You know, I think any one of them, if I would call them up today, they'd go, oh, yeah. Uh, My tarot teacher always used to say that your tarot friends are your best friends and that there's an element of truth to that Mm because there's a shared language. Um, So, yeah, so I'm thinking about that. And then I have my... um, I'm, right now I'm calling it Archetypal Encounters, but it doesn't... i got to come up with a new name. Say it again, because it doesn't Arch- really roll off the tongue. It doesn't. Really, right? It Arch- doesn't. Archetypal Encounters. So Archetypal the idea, Encounters. So in tarot, we're working with archetypes. Okay. And so it's the idea of encountering those archetypes. Okay. A method and process of encountering them. But it needs a new name, if you guys have any ideas. I'll think about well, it. Yeah, you know. think we're about pretty it good too. at yeah. this. <laughs> yeah, you, I bet you are. Yeah, I, I need a new name for it. Um, encounters also sounds yeah. like very 70s, like yeah. something's happening here. An encounter is like kind of fine for what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's an intuitive process. It's kind of got like shamanic origins, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is just a process that came to me over the you know course of doing readings. Um, so the, the underlying piece is that anytime we encounter trauma, mm-hmm. there's a tendency to go from our kind of whole complete oneness of, of being to like a split where we're interacting with ourselves. You ever have okay. that where you're like, I want to do this, but this other part of me won't let me like okay. that sort of you're thing. You're fighting with yourself. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, ideally and kind of in the best truth of who we are, we're not, we're not relating with ourselves in that way. Mm-hmm. We're just being, you know, we're existing. Um, so what I discovered in the process of the work that I've been doing is that, there are four major splits that take place in in a person. Um, and then kind of anything that you, anything else that you experience is like a subsidiary of one or more of those splits. Okay. So the first split is between your yin and your yang being. So your, your, your feminine and your masculine, the being part of you and the doing part of you. So uh, the way that I describe that is like when they are working really well, I'm cold, I'm putting a jacket on. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's the I have a feeling, I have a sensation, I have a noticing and then I'm taking the action to respond appropriately to that. 
And most of the time that we're doing those things really naturally, mm-hmm. you know, most mm-hmm. of the time. But if you ever like held your pee, yes. you know, and you're like, I got to pee, but I don't want to. It's the worst. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it's, and then you're angry. You're like, why well, am I why holding pee? Yeah, exactly. I can just get up and go to the bathroom. Yeah, exactly. And but the the yin and the yang one, those are the the adjustments. So when the yin and the yang split, um, it creates problems with relationships, obviously, because the relationship experience that you're having is um, a reflection of what's going on inside of you. Um, and but it also creates problems with like the creative process, because you're not able to execute. The thing that you, you know, it's like having an idea and not being able to get it done. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, or the other way around where you're busy, 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 and it's not connected to anything real that matters to you. Well, you're just doing things, yeah. but the output is not. Yeah. Yeah. And then the worst case scenario, it's like you're struggling, there's a battle, there's a fight. So so that's that one of one. the first, and okay. I call them the four primary binaries. You guys good with that name? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. yeah. And it rhymes. And it primary, yeah. It's, it, like, I mean, this just came. So the, the, and that's the main one, the yin and the yang. When, when those are disconnected, um, autoimmune issues mm-hmm. are sort of um, kind of bred from that. Like, I usually will see this disconnect as the result. Okay. Um, what other, like, day-to-day things? Um, re- like, if you have a, like, recurrent relationship pattern, like, every time I am with a guy, this happens to mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Every woman I've ever met is like this. That always kills me when I hear people say that because you hear people say that and I'm like, are you listening to yourself? Right. You know this you is you. You just said that every time I do this, this happens. Yeah. Like it's clearly other people though. Yeah. It's um, not and you. The, the challenge with that is that it is so deep. Like the pieces, when we look at the yin and the yang, the way that the yin and the yang operate is mostly who we think we are. So like, it's not even like a thing that they're doing. It's a reality that they know about how things work that's playing out in their existence. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's why it's so great. Because instead of just being like, oh, why don't you be more open? I can go find the yin and the yang, see where he's got his, his arms folded over, and she's throwing things at his head and be like, oh, hey, stop throwing things at his head. Look, she's trying to get you to catch something. You see? And then, um, like that then they don't have to the client doesn't have to do anything differently mm-hmm. they'll start feeling and operating differently after the session and i've done them enough that i i've seen crazy results and it's the kind of results that i don't get a lot a lot of feedback people get their readings and they go on with their yeah. lives mm-hmm. you know but it's those are the readings where people are like you are not going to believe what happened the next day like They'll see sudden changes in their partner. But, you know, they're change- they've are they had a partner for 40 years, and that partner always behaves a certain way. The next day, you know, oh, for the first time he brought home flowers for me, or for the first mm-hmm. time he asked me out to dinner, whatever. Um, so the yin and the yang, that's the main one. Um, and it's such a dicey one, because it seems like it assumes heteronormative ideals. What, the yin and the yang? When I start talking about, I don't about really see it that way. Do you? I mean, I, I did. I, I mean, like okay. I. That's how I initially had learned about and how it. you encounter yes. it. Yes, and so yeah, that's it's like the male and female. Yeah, the the, the opposites of each other. I guess right. my my approach yeah. has been just two halves of a yes. of a thing. And I we're gonna call them. And I know that they attach male to some and female to some. Mm-hmm. But I guess I just couldn't keep them organized. Yeah. But I always try to think of it as just two things. And it is weird because opposites, like for right? me, they mm-hmm. do show up as a man and a woman. Sometimes when I'm working, and I have a lot of gay clients and gay friends, and, you know, when I'm working with someone um, who isn't straight, uh, sometimes, like, it's like, oh, and, like, there's a big burly guy, and he's wearing a tutu. Like, sometimes they'll be really interesting, like, 
kind of queer fun mm -hmm. stuff going on. Um, and it's not meant to be heteronormative. It doesn't feel that way to me. Um, it's tough because our language is so limited that it sounds yeah. like I'm talking about a heterosexual relationship between a man and a woman. And I'm not. I'm talking about the relationship between your, your being self and your doing self and how they're getting along. You know, your receptive principle and your active principle. The other kind of tricky part of that is um, one of the sort of like fundamental images that came when I first started doing this work was a woman under a tree and she sees an apple oh, and wants it. And the, the man comes up and goes, here, I got that for you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm teaching this class, and I say that. And I know. I already had size up the class, and I look, and I'm like, someone is going to have a problem with this. And immediately this woman, I can get my own apple. Why do we need a man to get our apple? Like, <laughs> no, that's not there. You don't. No. This, you, like that man and that woman, live inside of you. Get your own fucking apple as much as you want to. I don't care. <laughs> as much as you want. Please. All day. But, it's, but it's, know it's, it's, that your inner yang did that. Your inner masculine did that. So the yang is just the action, so you have to have the dream and the idea yeah. and that seed, and that comes from the yin. Yeah. And then anytime action is taken, that's the yang yeah. energy. Yes, yeah, exactly. So and, when you dream about, you know, going to the party and what you're going to wear and all these things. Yeah. Going because that's fun. <laughs> no, I'm just following along. Yeah, 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 you're like a party's going to be great, and I'm going to bring the brownies, and I'm going to wear the outfit, and mm -hmm. all those ideas. And then so that's the end, and then the yang is actually executing those yeah, things, getting there, like going to talk to the guy, you know, all those, yeah, all those sorts of things. Mm -hmm. And it's just tricky. We're so split in in our like in this world that we live in right now everything is so binary yeah and we we're just, just talking about that we're I'm listening to young people talk on the train and i see them trying to move away from that because they see so many more options now yeah and i hope that future generations can move away from this yeah because there's nothing wrong with it but it's limited because there's so much wounding in the the process of creating the binary then we're kind of like there is no binary mm. But then you have no boundaries, you have no definitions for anything, which is fine. Until you're trying to have a conversation about exactly. it. Exactly. Right? Or until or you're trying... a metaphor. Yeah, it's like... Weren't we talking about that, too? We're talking about the, the kids today? Yeah, <laughs> that having trouble understanding... Uh, so I, I overheard some young people discussing... They were like maybe 13, 14. And one of the girls in their class, they were trying to figure out what her sexuality was. I think one of them wanted was interested in her. Mm -hmm. But there was a contention because she had a butch appearance. But they had, and this is the phrase they used, but I think she's into dick. <laughs> you know, like not in a, in a not in a and, pejorative and, way, but then they were and they, they were, were like, well, they can be was, both. Yeah, yeah, they were like, well, she could be, she could dress really butch and be into dick, but also be open to girls, and you know, so mm -hmm. they're trying to put all of these things together, mm -hmm. all the combinations, yeah. and try to figure it out, and but the thing is, it's not a label as you know, good or bad, but it's just like. What is what, can what's I dance happening? with her at the park? You know, it's right. like, yeah. can I approach her? Are we going to have a kind of relationship, yeah. or is it going to be like, I'm not going to get anywhere? Am I going to be rejected because she's not into girls, right? Or she's not into me, right? Or, yeah, or, you and know. then it's like, what is the protocol? What if you do hit on somebody that you know is not into you that way, and then you feel stupid? Yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. And so, what can is you... she a girl? You know, like what, right. what's going yeah, on? What's yeah. going on? Yeah. So then you feel like all these question marks and left in the dark. Like, hey, what, and you're what a young you person, which and is yeah. like, hard well, enough I as it is. Like... <laughs> 
So that's the number one. That's still. We're still oh. on the yin and the yang. Yeah. Okay. Because um, there's there's two parts to each binary, right? Um, the second one is parent-child. And so these are the wounds that we have that have to do with like how we've been nurtured and how we nurture and how we give and receive love. Mm-hmm. So the yin and the yang is not so much give and receive love. It's how we act upon what we want, how we um, execute our desires. And if you think, I mean, you know, when you're dating someone and you're like, oh, that's clearly mother issues going on there. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, I love working with the parent-child binary because you really start to see like what, where, so, where things got off a little bit, you know, um, where, and those are the, that's the space where we most harbor kind of unconscious belief systems about how it's supposed to be. Like I was doing a reading for a friend and it was like the kid was playing by itself and the parent was doing something else. And the friend felt like, that's fine, you know, like that seems like a good thing. The kid gets to do itself, mm-hmm. do its own thing, and the parent gets to not be bothered by the kid. But then we're like, oh, you just said the kid is bothering the parent. Like there's this assumption that the kid would be bothering the parent if they were engaged. Mm-hmm. And so we get to kind of tease out some of the ideas about how lovable we are through the, the parent-child binary. And the goal with that one is always, like with the male-female, it's always to get them to kind of embrace or have sex or something. And with the parent-child, it's like, can the parent hold the child? Can the parent hold the hand of the child? Like, is the parent in a parent role with the child? Mm. Um, so, like, with the, you know, the dad was kind of off doing something while the kid was playing by themselves, and they were both content. There's this temptation to be like, well, that's fine, right? But then when it's like, what does the child really need? What does the child really want? Um, oh, nothing. The child's fine. Like, we get to kind of dig through the layers and be like, okay, but if we apply our reason to this, what is the kind of more um, ideal scenario. It's like, oh, they would be, I think we would say, like, they'd be together. Like, they would be working on something together. Um, so that's the second one. And that that's where we really un- uncover, like, childhood trauma. Um, the male-female is, like, nervous system trauma and, um, j- like, deep, just fundamentally where we're disconnected. And the parent-child is usually... Um, the, how we feel about being born. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't uh, ask for this. Yeah. You know, it, the, all of that. Like, how we feel, uh, whether we feel safe in the world um, or taken care of. There is a man who's suing his I parents. Say that. I saw that. Right? Yeah. I, I, I relate born. to that. I love this lawsuit. I think it's, I mean. It's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. The fact, and it kind of just goes in the face of all the other things of, of generations of parents trying to explain to kids like you should be lucky to be here it's like look I didn't ask to be born so yeah there's yeah. a man that's legit we didn't say it yeah. he's legitimately suing he's his got parents. a lawsuit yeah. and it's oh, going it's so good. I wonder how his parents feel how oh, you I don't, that's <laughs> gotta be a weird mm-hmm. moment yeah to be served with that particular lawsuit yeah. like, it's oh. an interesting thing for parents to think about not it's just like you're you don't just get to do whatever to a child yeah you have to think about that yeah well I have a friend whose mom like I think went through fertility treatment to have him and like so he really feels like she 
willfully created him and called him into existence in yeah. a way that he didn't Time want. and effort and money was and put into she, it. I think they share a birthday. Like, oh, she had oh, him no. on her birthday. Oh, and so he's just always felt like he wasn't he was, his own person. Like, he was just hers. She, like, grabbed him out of just, the ether. Yeah. Yeah. Said, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, forever with this birthday. So when I saw that article, I sent it to him, and I was like, you could, you could always try this. <laughs> um, Litigation. But it's where, like, if you find yourself being harsher than you want to be or unable to access, like, joy and freedom and ease, there's probably some kind of thing going on in the, the parent-child binary. That and... Oh, um, really? So that freedom, ease, and joy is... Yeah, being to able that. to access your kid in the healthy yeah. way that feels safe. That's your, your first damaging relationship. <clears throat> Right, exactly. With your, with your parents yeah. and, and okay. extended family, and then you move on to damaging relationships with, you know, with your significant other, yes. and with your own children. Yeah, and then with your own children. So you keep it rolling. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> basically. That's too real. We have to stop talking like that. Yeah. Um, and then the third is the the student teacher, which is similar to the parent-child, but not the same, mm -hmm. um, because it's about how we learn and how we feel about our own intelligence and how we take in the lessons. Like, um, it's the space where, like, you know if you fuck up and then you're really hard on yourself? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's like the, the student teacher need an adjustment. Um, I was doing this on myself recently, and I was noticing that the teacher was just sort of like, what's wrong with you? Why don't you understand this? And it's like, well, your job is to teach it. Like, you don't... You know, the teacher was just being really dismissive, like, ah, oh, it's a class full of idiots. Yeah. And it's like, no, your job <laughs> is to teach it. It's, yeah. like, if a student is failing, it's because of the yes. teacher, yeah. right? Yeah. We say this in education the all yeah. the time, but very few people actually live by it. You go into as many classrooms, and the teacher's frustrated. Yeah. The students don't know something, and you're like, uh, yeah. it's your fault. It's your, you're doing it. Yeah. And so... Um, the and it's always about like with the teacher you know again if you can this is it's a fun amount of work to do because there's an imagination in like okay what would be ideal because we'll see something and it it always looks to most of the time looks totally normal but you get to go like well what would be amazing like what would be ideal so you might see like a typical kind of American classroom with twelve desks lined up and the teachers at the front talking and it's like okay that's fine but wait. Are the kids engaged? Is this fun? Does this feel good? Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, you know, actually, like, most of them are, but there's one that's, like, staring out the window. Mm -hmm. Okay, so normally the teacher would yell at that kid to stop staring out the window. Is there another way? We, so it's always that kind of question. Is there another way this could be? And it's not, like, a purely intellectual exercise. A lot of the time it'll just show up in, in this kind of vibrant, like, this is, if you've ever written and you go to try to write a story a certain way, and it's like, no, the story is actually going mm -hmm. over here. It's got that kind of feel. Um, and that helps in if you're an actual teacher or if you do anything kind of teacher-like in any of the work that you do, um, getting to see what that is. A lot of the time people have created a really strong hierarchy between the teacher and the student, and what we want to do is remember that that's actually a symbiotic relationship that the student brings the teacher into existence and the teacher helps the student and, and brings mm -hmm. the teacher the student into existence. Um, and so that one, like, it's it's a little more specific, I think, than, like, it, it, it applies less to most things. But we're so hard on ourselves about how we learn, like, when we make mistakes. And when we, um, like, again, I'm doing this whole thing I've never done before. And I don't know how to do it. And my inner teacher is like, yeah, because you're fucking stupid. Like, 
come on, get it together. I'll, you know, I'll be back when you have, when you figure this out mm-hmm, mm-hmm. instead of like helping the, the student feel comfortable in the space of the unknown, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I haven't heard, I'm familiar with the first two archetypes. This one's not one. And I'm a teacher for like mm-hmm. 20 years. I've never heard this before. Yeah. Like, have you heard about this? Like thinking about this just came up. This came up when <clears throat> I, was, I like it though. Yeah. yeah. And I think that as someone, like I said, who's been doing education for a, for a very long time, it's something that I could think about when I'm teaching as well. Yeah. Like the relationships that I have with my students and how I facilitate the classroom and then thinking about when I'm doing things myself. Well, yeah. Can I just so applies to work too. Yeah, in well, the way te- that like, could be teaching as well, though. Because you know? a lot of you know women, especially and men too, but I think it happens more with women is that they have to become the experts in whatever the field is before they feel like they can advance. Mm-hmm. And then there are always questions: Are you, you know, and self questioning? Yeah. If, okay, so you got the job as the director and you fought for it, and then you feel like you're on tenterhooks because. One failure, everyone around you is going to be like, see, we're not ready for this. Mm-hmm. You, you're not good enough. All of that. And yeah. so a lot of women especially are like, I can't rise. Mm-hmm. Whereas other people. And that's like the feel, first yeah. place that like the authoritarian thing mm-hmm. pops up. It's a really one to go into, a good one to go into when you're considering school, like that sort of thing. When you feel kind of bored or antsy a lot. Like mm-hmm. when you're just like, ah, what's going on? Like, ah. Um, when you're encountering anything new or when you've just come out of like some mistake or error in judgment that you've had. Um, those are all the times that that's a super helpful one to take a look at. Okay. So what is the... So the fourth one, fourth, fourth one I call master servant, mm-hmm. which is triggering. Oh. Um, but it really is like God and disciple. It's it's the ultimate... Also triggering. Also triggering. <laughs> There's no right. way to set up that relationship. Right, right, right. right. We're triggered by that idea. Yeah. Master servant doesn't bother me as much as I feel like it's British. Right, okay. Right. Um, I feel like I'm not in any way a part of that. And it's, it's the we place, <laughs> it has to do with our relationship with God and our relationship with, like when we think of, like ter- certain types of spirituality, we'll talk about service as the ultimate thing. Um, when we think about that, and, and really mostly it's like when we're thinking about spirituality, when we're thinking about a higher power, how do we relate to it? Mm-hmm. And that one's cool because it runs the gamut, you know? Can I ask a quick, so you're yeah, talking yeah. about service, like, to the community kind of service? Service as, like, um, I am in service to my divine being. Okay. Um, and it's the idea that, that, that our lives are um, sort of predicated upon giving service to some higher aspect of ourselves. That, that there's a, a reality that we're serving mm-hmm. in our existence. Um, and that one's interesting because that is like if anyone that's having issues with authority. <laughs> Who does not have issues with yeah. authority? Exactly. But if you're <laughs> having the same recurrent issue and it's getting you in massive trouble, mm-hmm. then because there's a, that's where we get into the idea of imposed stuff versus realized. So when you think of the Ten Commandments mm-hmm. and you think of them as imposed, then it's like, this is how I should act. This is right. And that's where we get strong, like, dogmatic beliefs. We get strong, right, wrong, good, bad, yes, no. You know, all of that just gets so heightened. Um, And then when you find yourself fighting, like, I should do this, but I don't want to. Mm -hmm. I know the right thing to do is this, but I don't want to. Um, And then we're not able to operate in in alignment with ourselves. And usually what happens is we just try to kick the I should into higher gear, mm-hmm. and what's better to do, or, or a another way to do it, 
is to find the place in you that where you want to or figure out what you really want to do. So like for instance, um, this is not exactly that, but just as an example of what I mean by impose versus realize is, you know, I have a client who she just wants to be a good daughter, but can't stand her mom, you know? <laughs> well, that's going to be an issue. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but, but like the desire to be a good daughter, mm-hmm. like that's, that's in, that's real in there somewhere. Yeah. I'd say find another mom. <laughs> well, it was, what was happening was that she was feeling like she should feel a certain way around her mom. And it was like, mm-hmm. no, you feel the way that you do feel, but that doesn't mean you don't care about her. Yeah. So the, the, there was this kind of like sussing out of what she should do versus what was happening and how they're not, they're not actually as opposite as they feel like they are. Um, so like the master servant is, it's when we are able to trust like a process so, like, for instance, I'll talk about mine at the moment, right? So, there's this clear guidance that's, like, start, like, it's time. Like, you need to start your own office. Like, like you said, have a hub, mm-hmm. have a space. Yeah. And it's, it is, it's for people, you know? Um, and that, it scares me so bad. It's so terrifying on so many levels for so many reasons. And when I'm, like, if I look at them apart, um... It's a little bit like the Jonah and the whale story in the Bible, where Jonah's like, like God's like, "Hey, go do this thing," and Jonah's like, "I'm out," and he hides inside the whale. Like he's oh, just I like, forgot. I only remember the part about him being in the whale. Yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah. why he got yeah. there. He was hiding. He, was, he wasn't whaling. Oh, okay. I thought <laughs> he wasn't fishing. I thought that he was being sacrificed, and mm-hmm. but he lived in the mouth. He was, he was hiding away. Was there a bush in this one? <laughs> 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 Sandals. My goodness. But yeah, so... Where's it, our it, dogma? It also... We can see how much a... Because the truth is, like, these are... Like, all the binaries, they're not really opposite things. Like, we are God. God is in us. Like, there is no separation. But you get to see where... Like, how big does the um, God seem versus the person and so the other place that this will show up is often in, it's like a boss employee type of vibe, like mm-hmm. in in like the um, if you're having problems at work, if you're having problem again like problems with authority, mm-hmm. um, it's interesting to realize that it's all connected, right? That that somehow my problems at work are connected with my relationship with God. Mm-hmm. And like how it and it comes down to how empowered do you feel to act and to operate, mm-hmm. and how much do you feel like you're being um, moved around like a pawn, you know? Mm-hmm. And that one's that's a, I like working with that one um, because it helps move such significant barriers to happiness, you know? Because it's this like big, um, like you know, a lot of times there's this wall between what we, what would be in our best alignment and what we think we want to do. I guess it's kind of, I never thought about it like this, but it's the ego versus the true self a little bit. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. That's really interesting. I like this. This is really this is good. Oh, I can't wait for you to have this whole... So we have to come up with a new name for this. Okay. Yes, we yeah, will. we do. We're going we're gonna to work, work on, on that. It? Okay, um, for sure. And come up with something. Thank you for, t- I love talking about this, and I will talk about this with it's anyone fascinating. all day, all Have you night. written about this as well? I think that's... I haven't, but I okay. think that's going to be... A that, I think that's it would be... Um, because there's so many... I'm not saying that you should write it to put it out there as a book, although you yeah. could, but just to get these things out. Yeah. And I think a graphic organizer would, is like 
the way to start mm-hmm. with this. I love it. There's so many connections. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? um, the, so the way that I do this is I teach workshops where people, you might get paired up with someone that you've never met, mm-hmm. and the whole workshop is them guiding you through these images. So, like, I might say, you know, okay, where's the man? And you tell me. Where's the woman? What, what are they doing? Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's, so I do that. I teach, I teach. So you're teaching them how to do it? I teach workshops, yeah. So okay. it's, wow. it's, it's kind oh, of like that's a cool. co- a co-counseling sort of sure, dynamic. Yeah. And then I also do readings. So I just talk to them for you and kind of zip through it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're and doing that now? Yeah. Okay. And, and that's what, these are the workshops I want to teach at my students. Very cool. Yeah. I like it. Excellent. So thank you. I love it. It's really fun, and it's just, like, it's such a cool thing to have just shown up, you know, in my life. Like, it just it came up well, one you, day. It's always important to have these different things so that you can tell stories to try to understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. I think these are some really strong archetypes yes. yeah. and relationships. The craziest thing is that is like sometimes the masculine and feminine or the teacher and student or whatever will spontaneously change what they're doing. And and then like the person usually can feel it where it's like, oh, this is bringing something into an awareness that hmm. creates that quantum physics kind of what the bleep Type. Okay, I like it. Interesting. So oh, I we, love that. I anyway, can talk we about have to go. Yeah, yeah no, me too. To That's why I'm day. saying. That's what I was trying. Right. To. Yeah, sorry. Uh, we have so to go. We have to go. We want to thank you so much for coming into the studio. If people are looking to contact you to book sessions with you, how can they do so? Metamarcy.com. They can always text me. It's eight six zero eight two three eight six zero five. And I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I'm Metamarcy. Like pretty much everywhere. If you just Google Metamarcy, you should be able to. There's one other lady. Who's Metamarcy? Oh, really? I've but never she seen this do Metamarcy this stuff anymore. Like, it, she just like took the Twitter handle. Okay, know, and 10 she's years not. Ago. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, yeah. Okay. But so, thank you very much for coming in. Yes. And, thank uh, you for having me. Yeah. This thanks for fun. dropping those eggs of knowledge on us. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Hey You Know It. Stay in touch with us during the week. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Tumblr. Go to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. We'll read it on an upcoming show regardless of content. As always, we love your emails. Send us an email at heyyouknowit at gmail.com with your comments, questions, and segment ideas. Emails will also be read on upcoming shows. Please tell your friends about us because you know we don't advertise. And let them know we can be found on iTunes at stitcher.com and at heyyouknowit.com. Thanks.